Morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is dedicated in loving memory of Sami Said Alava Shalom, Lilun Shmat, Shilomo Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son Isaac Said. Now, I would read the cold brew, but I kind of feel like it's a little bit redundant. Okay. <laughs> Rabotai, our parasha begins and tells us um, that the Sarah's life, a Yu Haye Sarah, Mea Shana, Vesrim Shana, Vesheva Shanim, Shne Haye Sarah. Sarah's life was uh, seven years and twenty years and a hundred years. These are the these are the years of the life of Sarah. Rashi asks the obvious question: Why is it that we're dividing Sarah's life into segments? One year, hundred years, twenty years, seven years. Each time it says the word Shana. Just tell me one hundred and twenty-seven years, not one hundred years, twenty years, seven years. Rashi says something very cryptic. Rashi says, "Kulan shavin letova." They were all equally good. Now, Rashi has a very famous interpretation. Some of you, I'm sure, will have seen this interpretation already. Where Rashi explains that at the age of seven, uh, at the age of 20, she was as sin-free and as innocent as a seven-year-old. At the age of 100, she was as beautiful and impeccable as a 20-year-old woman. Okay? Beautiful uh, ideas that Rashi communicates. Each one of them, obviously, uh, is a, a deep idea and needs uh, study to properly understand. However, I want to look at another another understanding of this incredible teaching, Kulan Shavin Tova, all equally good. The, the Midrash tells us that Rabbi Akiva, when he noticed that people were sleeping once, they were falling asleep in the shiur, right? Something that we all know, uh, rabbis know a lot about. You know, you're giving a shiur, the guy sitting there in the back, half snoring, okay? <laughs> so what would he do? He would say over a very interesting bit of Torah, and the Torah that he would say over, the little chidush that he would say, is he said, Ma ra'ata ester. What was it that caused Esther? How come Esther ruled over 127 Medinot when she married Ahasuerus? Why? Because... Let Esther come along, who's the granddaughter of Sarai Menu, who lived 127 years, and 127 Medinot. Since her grandmother, Sarah, lived to 127, so therefore Esther also ruled over 127 provinces when she married Achashverosh. Now the question is, like we say in Arabic, Menen Lewen. Right? From where to where? What does that have to do with anything? But not just from where to where, but let's uh, explore this idea of Rabbi Akiva for one second together. If you would tell me that Sarah made 127 chalot, okay, fine, I get it. You want to tell me Sarah Imenu gave Siddhaka 127 times, I understand that she merits 127 Medino. But the fact that she lived to 127, how long we live or how long we die, that's not up to us. That's just something that God decides in Shamayim. He gives us an amount of time and when we fulfill our lot of time, that's when we go. So the amount of years that a person lives are not special. They're not meritorious to the point that Esther should in that merit rule over 127 countries. So what was Rabbi Akiva teaching us? Rabbi you must listen to this, this is magnificent. And the answer is... It's you're reading what Rabbi Akiva said incorrectly. Tavo Esther, let Esther come and rule over 127 because she was the granddaughter of Sarah that was that lived 127 years. 
We have two other imahot that we exp- who experience what Sarai Imenu experiences. What happens with Rivka? Rivka Imenu, she suffers for years, she's waiting for a child. She comes to Yitzchak and she says to Yitzchak, she says to God, I don't have any children. I can't, you know, I don't, uh, you know what's going on over here? She's very upset, all right? Now, finally, she has children. She goes to the Malach, she says, Lama ze anochi? Why, why, why do I even need to exist with the kicking of the babies in her stomach? Later on, her son Esav marries uh, the wrong women there, worshipping Abu Dazara. She says, if Yaakov also marries from the people in this area, you know, Rishanta, uh, another uh, wicked woman, Lama li chayim? What do I need to live for? What does Rachel Imenu say? She also suffers childlessness like Sarah Imenu. She goes to Yaakov and says, If you don't have Ali Banim, the Imayin Meta Anochi, I can't live. Right? You see, in both cases, with Rachel and with Rivka, that when they suffered extreme difficulty and Rabotai, this experience is not limited to people who commit suicide. It's not limited to people who want to end their life. But a lot of times a person doesn't feel, they don't understand, they feel so empty. They don't want to live anymore. It's not that I need to end my life. It's not that I want to kill myself. But I just don't feel like I want to be alive right now. That's the expression that we're hearing in the words of Rivka and the words of Rachel when they suffered so much. Sarai Menu waited much longer. And yet the Pasuk says, in Sarah's own eyes, Kulan Shavin Litova. When she was a child, she led a beautiful life, but she felt alive, connected, uh, energized by life. She felt lucky to be alive. When she was 20 years old, a young woman in her prime, she felt lucky to be alive. When she was 127 years old, she felt energized, vibrant, uh, living life to the best of her ability. Says Rabbi Akiva, for someone that lived life with such zest, with such excitement, with such passion, even though they lived such a difficult life and they could look at that difficult life and say, Kulan Shavin they're all beautiful. Someone like that merits to have a granddaughter who rules over 127 years because she felt alive in every year of her life. Rabbi Taylor was an older man who was a big Sadiq. He walked in, limped into a, a wedding hall. Very big Ana, very big Sadiq. Everyone stands up. He goes to sit at, one, at an empty chair at the wedding and there's a guy, a simple Jew, sitting next to him, doesn't really know who he is. And he says to the rabbi, he says, Rabbi Dachilak, he says, I see everyone is standing, you must be a special Jew, a big rabbi. The rabbi says, he shrugs his shoulders. What are you going to say to that, right? And he, he says, please give me some chizuk. You know, give me some, uh, you know, inspiration, lift me up. You know, I'm having a difficult time. Anyway, the rabbi, again, he looks at the guy, he smiles. The guy says, no, please, Rabbi, I'm being serious. I need some chizuk. Give me chizuk. Sometimes people think like a rabbi, like a Coke machine. You put in a dollar, Rabbi, you know, Simei Divar Torah. You know, <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine that? Like, you know, imagine, imagine you like a, you're a doctor. You know, you're sitting at the table. Some guy's like, come on, give me some surgery. Come on, a little bit, a little small piece. You know, you got something quick? Could you cut off my ear and like resew it? Like, it's an interesting thing, right? People on, they feel like, you know, what they call... Uh, 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 R-O-D, I say it. What is R-O-D? Rabbi on demand. You know, they want to know on the spot. Give me, you know, hit me with your best shot. So listen to this, Rabbi. This is beautiful. So the rabbi, he says to the rabbi, give me the chizuk. The rabbi says to him, he goes, you want me to give you chizuk? 
You want me to give you? You just want me to give you a chizuk? He says, in my old village where I used to live, he says people would pay. There was a guy, an old man. He would pay a thousand dollars to see me. The guy feels, oh my gosh! I thought this guy was an anav. He's telling me he's not. You know, I'm not worth his time. The other guy paid a thousand dollars. He dropped a G to see him, right? The guy says, you know, he felt bad. But the rabbi immediately sees a look on his face. He says, I think you misunderstood me. <laughs> I think you misunderstood me. He says, the fellow I'm talking about that would pay a thousand dollars to see me, he was blind. My point was that there's some people who just to open, just to be able to see me, they would give a thousand dollars. You're asking me for chizuk? Don't you have enough beautiful things in your life to focus on, to celebrate, to rejoice about? You know, and we're so blessed. Rabotai, this, this is the most amazing thing. It is true Sarai men who lived a difficult life. Hazita, you know, you kind of think, you know, there's a, what are they, remember that TV show? There was an old TV show where they would, uh, you know, you know uh, talk, was it uh, when someone would be kidnapped and then the guy would be locked in the basement and then they would come and they would, you know, figure the whole thing. Hazit, Sarai Menu, she's kidnapped once by Paro. She's kidnapped again by Abimelech. She can't have children. The end of the story of her life is Akedah. She's serving people non-stop her whole life. She has a Hagar comes in. She's teasing her about having a child the whole time. Non-stop this woman. She suffers the whole time. Pulan Shavina Tova. For her, everything was magnificent. It was a beautiful life. Rabotai, listen to this. And again, I think this is beautiful and this is powerful. The Mishnah says, Rabbi Yudah ben Temah says, Heve Kal Kanesher. The Apinion Shilomo writes, so you should be light, like either an eagle or a vulture, depending on different opinions. You should be light like this bird flies the highest in the sky. Ask the Mifarashim asks, he says, if you're looking for an animal that's light, an eagle is not the lightest animal. There are animals, there's a you go find a worm, go find a butterfly. How much is a, a fruit fly weigh? Tell me, be, be light like a fruit fly. And the answer magnificent. It's true that a butterfly, that a fruit fly, they weigh only a couple of ounces. And it's true that an eagle could weigh, you know, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. But when God gave the eagle that weight, he also gave it these unbelievable wings, a wingspan so enormous that the weight of the eagle actually stabilizes it in flight. It allows it to have the power each time it beats its wings to be able to rise higher than any other bird. So it's true that there are birds, there are animals that are much, they weigh less. But ultimately, it's not your weight or your heaviness that dictates how high you fly. It's the fact that you were given with your weight the correct apparatus to be able to help you lift you up into the air. Rabotai, if God gave you great challenges, God also gave you great strengths. The problem is that a person is very quick to find their challenges and difficulty, and they're not as quick to find in their lives the tools that help them deal with those difficulties. Rabbi Otay, there was a man who, uh, his job was in diamonds in Africa. Every day, you know, he owned the mine, they would bring him up, and he, the guy would go, he would take the best of the diamonds that they would pull out of his mine, and he would take it to market and he would sell it. All the other small pieces, he would let other people sell, you know, but the big ones, the big sales, he would make himself because he knew he could bring in the big, mon- the big money. He would probably also fly with Sammy on, on jet set, but Sammy was, he was, he was busy talking to someone else, so he couldn't book the, the item. Okay, so listen, so the guy, 
they pull out a diamond. They pull out the diamond, like you know, like you can the size. You can't believe it. Millions, this diamond. Anyway, but he's in Africa. There's no place to stay. He goes to this primitive hotel. You know, the only place he could sleep. You can't even book your own room. You're sleeping. You know, two people, three people. You rent a bed. You don't rent a room. Meanwhile, he has in his pocket this diamond worth millions upon millions. As he walks into the hotel, he sees this enormous African guy looking at him like this. He rents the room, goes to, you know, gets ready for bed. Who comes into the room? Who rented the bed in his room? This guy, Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan, Yanni, okay? Chocolate Hulk Hogan. Anyway, he's looking at him, he's looking, all right, he's getting ready, for, he's getting ready to go to bed. Anyway, uh, the guy comes in and out of the room a few times, you know, uh, and, and the Jewish guy says Shema, he goes to sleep. This guy, this African guy, who's been eyeing him up the whole time, he goes to work. He checks the Jewish guy's bags. He checks his pocket. He checks his under the bed. He's looking in the closet. He looks in the toilet. He opens up the back of the toilet. Every possible place he could imagine where a Jewish person would have hid the diamond, he checks. He even... He checks very gently, he even checks the Jewish person if he has it on him when he's sleeping. He saw a diamond this size, he'd be able to feel nothing. In the morning, the Jewish guy wakes up. Boker Tob! <laughs> good morning, Hulk Hogan! Right? Good morning! He says, good morning. He says, shoo, good morning. The Jewish guy says, beautiful day. The African guy says to me, he says, listen, you know, tell me the truth. It's already too late. I can't escape in the middle of the night. The sun is shining. Where'd you hide the diamond? I see a guy who looks like you in this area. I know it's only for one reason. I searched everywhere. He says, 30 years I'm doing this. 30 years I'm doing this business. I always find the goods. I, I, I can't find He says, I promise you. Don't worry. I'll keep the door open. Just please, he says, where'd you hide the diamond? The Jewish guy smiles opens the cabinet he takes out the non-Jewish guy's pajamas he takes the diamond out of the pocket of the non-Jewish guy's pajamas and he says Rohi, I took one look at you looking at me and I knew you were not getting into your pajamas tonight he hid the diamond in his pajamas the guy checked everywhere he didn't check his own stuff genius right Rabotai the lesson and the message of this unbelievable a lot of times we're looking for very valuable treasures. It's a treasure to be able to have courage. It's a treasure to be able to be clever, to come up with a new business in a difficult time. It's a treasure to be able to build a beautiful relationship. It's treasure. There's treasures that life has to offer. And all the time we're looking to other people to give us advice, to mentor us. We're going to classes. We're always looking outside of ourselves for the most precious things that life has to offer. Meanwhile, Borei Olam, he took the diamond and he stuck it in your clothes. A lot of times, we leave cash on the table because we haven't checked our own pockets. Hevekal Kanesher means if you have weight, you have wings. Sarai Menu understood that if God tested me, there's a reason. And if there's a reason, I could also find it within me to be able to survive this. Therefore, for Sarai Menu in her life, Kulan Shavin Letova, all the years of her life were equally good. Rabotai, 
we, in our lives also, have this challenge on a day-to-day basis to be able to find shavin letova. What did I benefit from this situation? What did I benefit from this expo- you know, exposure? What did I benefit from this challenge? And when a person experiences that way, then indeed they will have lived each and every one of their lives. They would have, 127 years would have merited Esther Malka, 107 Medinot, because it's not so simple to live life like that to the fullest. May God bless us always to live our lives and feel like each and every one of our li- uh, years. Kulan shavin letova kashanin hatovot Baruch Amen. Amen. Rabbi Chanaya Ben Akasha Omer.